Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. and welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are going Inside the Episode titled Making Decisions, Intuition versus Ego. Yes. It's a head trip for me. This is It usually is. <laughs> it is anytime we trip. start talking about intuition and ego, um, anytime I start talking about ego, I always have to go online and like look and see what exactly the ego yeah, is. How does yeah. it help us? Do you have like a Cliff Notes version of what the ego is just so I can get it out of my head and progress through this? Yeah, so basically the, the ego is this false self, you know, and it's funny because I, that's, that's what you'll learn. Like if you go to psych, like a psychology school, class, yeah. yeah 101. It, but, but here's, so, so here's the thing. We create this, this, uh, this entity that is us that we take out into the world and we say, this is David, this is Brad, this is sure. Jake, this is Brandon. you know, like, and it's not, it's, it's only what you want the world to see. It's what you feel safe with, right? It's not the totality of you because there's things about you that you don't bring out into the world or you don't feel comfortable bringing out into the world or whatever it might be. And we all, we all do this. So it's a persona, but if we dig into it, we find out that it's a mixed persona. It's, it's a combination of people. And it would make sense because we were raised by mom and dad or all the people in our life that we were that we were raised with. There's little pieces of that in there. There's a little bit of mom and me, a little bit of dad, a little bit of grandma, grandpa, that type of thing. And we take these pieces of persona from other people and we kind of fit them together in a way that allows us to be comfortable being out there in the world. And, and often what that means is we might hide weaknesses or things that we're embarrassed about or secrets that we have, that we have shame and guilt around this type of thing. Um, we may act in a way, in a, in a, in a persona that makes us feel kind of courageous. Uh, it gives us a little bit of um, certainty on the inside for how we show up, maybe in a group setting or on stage or whatever it might be. However, it's not all of who we are. It's little pieces and some of them are fake. Like, mm. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that we've learned from psychology is that that we may go out into the world and act like someone we're really not. You know, we're just pretending to be that person. I have a little bit of a hard time with that. Sure. And the little bit of a hard time with it is I think some of us is that person it may not be 100% honest is who we are. Like I may go out and be courageous about something and then behind the scenes I'm crying in fear. And you may say, oh, well, that's the real person. That's the real you. Well, that's not necessarily true either. That's an aspect of me, right? So I think that the, the, the part about the ego that makes the most sense to me as far as what do we do with it? How do we work right, with it? Right. Is that it's a combination of different voices, right? It, was cre- it wasn't just created just by me. It's not just different aspects of me. It's different aspects of other people that I've taken on as aspects of me. And I think that if we look at it that way, it makes the most sense as to how to deal with it. Yeah. And I was trying to make sense of it while you were, you know, talking about this in the episode. And I had like, to put it visually, I, I created like this Venn diagram on my page. Yeah. And on one side, I had fear. And then on the other side, I had intuition. And in the middle where they overlapped, I sort of had that ego. And I didn't know if that was right or if it made sense or what. But something 
you know, curiosity struck me in that moment to try and figure out what this is. And it reminds me also of um, that film, A Dangerous Method, where where one of the characters in there talks about the destruction of the ego. Is it, Am I correct in thinking that if we destroy those voices that are coming from all these other people, we're able to tap into our own voice or is that yeah. inaccurate? Yeah, no, that's accurate because let's look at it like this. So you've been, so you've been through this. If you think about who you were before you and I met, before Steph yes. was involved, yes. right? You had a whole belief system about the world, Correct. which so much of it has changed, yes. right? But that belief system kept you safe. 100%. Out there. That would be your ego. Okay. Okay. So now you have a, a belief system of your choosing. You have evaluated different things that you've learned and you said, yeah, I can see how this will make me better. But I also have to deal with how do I move through life not being afraid because I used to use this before. Right. And you do that in your own therapy sure. and stuff, right? Sure. So yeah, it's, totally. You're totally. learning more and more about you. How do I be safe? How do I be authentic? in this world. And as I do that, I can let these little pieces of ego go. So they're false, they're false senses of self. But the, the part about them that, that I don't like about that is that the beliefs that we have taken on, they're real. It's not like they're fake. They're real. It's sure. just that we're choosing to believe that over something that's more vulnerable, but it can go the other way. We could be choosing to believe something that actually gives us the appearance of being weak and we're really strong on the inside, and we haven't discovered that side of ourselves yet. So it's something we're using to just keep us safe in the world that we're that we're living in. And you you know, like a lot of it comes from when we're kids, we were either safe or not safe, or we had all these different experiences. And we use these different patterns of behavior, different patterns of looking at the world, looking at other people, judging people. Do am I safe with this person? Am I not safe? Here's what I can say, here's what I can't say. <coughs> And it, it's a huge complex computer that we're running on the inside that allows us then to go out and be in that different, um, kind of like different modalities in different situations. Like we can pull from it. But is the essence of who we are in there? Not really. Not really. Sure. That's, that's what we learned. And I think that what most people go on that start to wake up is they go on a journey of the self. And the journey of the self is what's really in here. Like if I, why do I believe the things that I believe? Like I'm not even enjoying my life. Why, you know, I, but I believe I have to save. I have to stay in this job. There got, you know, I got health insurance. Like we have these beliefs that we have to, have to, have to. But as long as we have those, we can't really get to know ourselves. So some of those have to start to drop so that we can actually see, well, who am I really? Like, what do I really want to do? And that's when we can let that other voice start to come to the surface. Because I think it's always talking to us. It's trying to find a way. You know, it's like the crab trying to get out of the bucket. Sure. It's trying to get to the surface. But the ego wants to punch it down and say, no, you can't do that. You have to You have to do this because this is the model of the world that we know. Yeah, I think it's an excellent point you bring up there as far as those voices aren't going to be silent. Those voices no. are more than likely... 100% always going to be there. It's just you being able to cycle through the noise and ask the very important question like you answered in the podcast, whose voice is that? Like, yeah. where does that come from? When you were talking about that, I was thinking about, you know, my mom and her um, issues with money and debt. Like, it's it's not good to go into debt. You never float a credit card. You never do these things. Where if you have said on repeated times, you know, debt is a tool. It is something that needs to be done and something that you have to have. And I've gone through myriads of debt in my life 
life. And at the time, all I could hear was in the back of her head saying, debt is wrong. You can't go into debt. Never float, never float. And it, it those voices are still there. Anytime I make a large purchase, I think to myself, okay, I'm going into debt. But I'm able to now cycle through and put it into perspective that this is not my voice. This is from someone else. Yeah, yeah. So I love that you bring that up in that a lot of this episode for me centered around understanding what those voices were and tapping into that higher side of yourself to realize this is the voice that should rule the day. Absolutely. Right. And I love that. And I really like how you talked about how fear speaks to a person by telling them what not to do. And then the intuition or the desire or the spirit or the higher self or whatever you choose to call it, it always points you in the direction of what to do. Yeah. So if you can get into that issue, intuition and tap into it, because I've known this by even before you, um, your gut is very accurate. <laughs> that intuition, yeah, when it speaks to it, listen yeah, yeah. to that. So how were you early on able to listen to your intuition and say, look, maybe I need to go in this direction, even maybe sometimes when it wasn't the safest route? Like, how do you how do you do that consistently? Well, it was hard because, like, like I said, when I was listening to that phone call that time, um, and the person asked my mentor, how do you know the difference? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the secret, right? And then he says, by experience, I was like, fuck that. Like, I, what I recognized was I had a lot of different voices that were creating confusion. And it was very difficult to tell who was what, which was what, what do I listen to? However, in the beginning, what I noticed was that the, the voice that was pulling me in one direction was strong and consistent. With all the other voices, they may have wavered, like, oh, you want to buy a stereo? Oh, you want to buy a new car? Oh, you want to take a trip? Are you going to spend money on this? But Maybe you're going to do this. Maybe you're not going to do that. There were certain voices that didn't do that. They stayed strong and consistent. And it was, it was, it was, it was almost speaking like to a different part of me, like, you need to do this. Like, you heard the story about when I bought Tony Robbins' personal power, right? Yes. I'm sitting in the chair, and like something inside of me said, you need to buy this. And I couldn't get on a chair the first night. Second night, same infomercial. You need to buy this. I get out of the chair, get on the phone, couldn't get my credit card. I got so, I just, Click. yep. I cramped up, like whole body shut down, hang up the phone. Third night, I get up and do it, but it never went away. It was like, you need yeah. to do this. Now the voices in my head were this, you can't afford this. You, you've gone down this road about spending too much money before, there was that voice. Then there was, this is a scam. This is all bullshit. Like, you, I mean, ev everything that people told me about, and here's the thing, self-improvement was not even that big then. But, you know, they had motivational speakers. Um, you would hear about, you would hear just different things, you know, as, as you were going through life. It's a scam. It's not that easy. If it, if, if, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. You know, you hear those. That, so that's another voice that's going on in my head. Then there's, you know, uh, voices of people you're intimate with. Like, you spent what? You, like, yes. how come you didn't ask me? You know, that type. So I have these voices going on in my head. But the one that was telling me to do it was strong and constant. And with... With all the things that I did in the early days, whether it was to go from that program to go to one of the seminars or buy a book or go to other people's seminars, that never stopped. It was, it was, it was like I my, my soul says I have to do this. And I, Brandon, I had no, I mean, there were many people in my life that were trying to discourage me at the time. 
I had no rational way to sit down and explain why I was doing this. So to them, it sounded crazy as fuck, you know? You never showed an interest in this before. You're spending all this money. What are you getting out of it? You're, you're, it's a pipe dream. You're a dreamer. You're a dreamer like your father, right? You're never going to be a millionaire. Um, you need to stick to a job. You always want to quit what you, what you started, right? It was like, it's like all this stuff. And looking back, I have hundred, I would have solid explanations for all. Yeah. I quit everything that I started because I wasn't finding the Mm -hmm. thing that was for me. You know, no, driving a truck's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I did not want to drive a forklift for the rest of my life. I didn't want to sell insurance. You know, I was, I was searching, but it was, I got to the point where I finally said, fuck this. I have to know. And the only way that I'm going to know is if I follow this until I find out I'm either right or I'm wrong. That's it. And then I'll live with the consequences. Like I was, I'm like, I will live with the consequences. And that was the experience. That, that's the experience that's you, that yes. pissed you off at first, but now you're realizing. Yes. yes. Ding, and ding. so that's when I really, really acknowledge that voice. Like I'm acknowledging this voice that's telling me to do this. And that voice, that specific voice has never been wrong. That's great. Do you know what's so interesting about all of this and that just fascinates me is that the people you would expect to be your biggest cheerleaders are often the loudest opposition to your growth. True. It's so fascinating because when you were, you were able to just rattle off, I don't know if you know if you're stream of conscious, you just blasted. You, you went through like 10 different things that you heard from people when you were making that decision yeah. to get that yeah, Tony yeah. Robbins and change your life. And you just rattle them off. You could probably keep going if, totally if, if time committed, but it's sort of one of those situations where you would expect them to be like, Oh, isn't that great? You know, go for it. We don't have a lot of go for it's in our life. That's where it's sifting through the noise of that fear-based thinking that comes from everywhere outside of you and really tapping in to that higher self. I think it's so interesting that you'd think that the people who are you would expect to be your biggest supporters are really just a detriment at times to your growth more often than not. It is. And the thing is, is that when that, when, when those things started to come into my life and I started to explore them, what I learned later on, I didn't understand this at the time, just the exploration of those things was a step further than any of the other ones had gone. So they all stopped at like, okay, here's my job for the rest of my life. Okay, here's my insurance for the rest of my life. Okay, this is how much we're saving to go on vacation with the kids. Like they had already settled into this is what their life was going to be. And by almost the admission of that I was looking for something else, they were recognizing that I hadn't done that. And that was dangerous to them, right? You have a family, damn it. You've got kids. You're not being responsible, right? And I, that's, the, that's the stuff that I was getting. When are you going to grow up already? Like, you need to grow up. You need to be a man. Like, you're not being responsible. Think about what you're doing. You're putting everybody at risk. Those are the things yeah. that I was hearing. I, I'm, la- I'm laughing because it is a, and I'm sure for most of the people out there who have made and acknowledged the experience and have grown and through your teachings or wherever they get their material, they had someone doing the same exact thing. I remember when we first started on this journey and we both left a very stable, secure profession. When you're a teacher, you know, it's hard to kick teachers out once you get tenure. So I could have ridden that misery train for as long as possible, but we chose to go in a different direction thanks to, you know, your guidance and you were lighting something inside of us that was getting us towards our purpose. And I just remember going home over the summers and people, there were two different schools of thought. There were the people that would avoid us entirely 
And then there were the people that would like to come in and say, boy, you're crazy. Like they they wouldn't say you're crazy, but they would do that backhanded sort of way of saying, you know, I don't know what Kool-Aid you drank, but that wasn't a good decision on your part. And I just... I chose not to acknowledge it. I chose to move around. It did hurt a little bit knowing that I thought these were the people in my life that were going to support me the most. But I realized that, you know, with Steph and I having a unified front on what this was going to be, we could change our lives for the good. And we have, but it was, it just, I had to laugh because you hear those voices and more often than not, when you start to hear that voice over and over again, it's very easy to go the opposite direction and be like, you know what? You're right. I better go back to safety. We didn't, but we were committed to the work. There's a lot of people out there. They hear those voices and they do go back to the light. They do go back to what's easy. I remember sitting at uh, the kitchen table at my mother's house and it was me uh, my ex-wife, my mom, and my stepdad. And th- this this conversation came up about what I was exploring. And my mom started to go off on me. Like, like it, it bankrupt wasn't bad enough. You're getting your car repossessed wasn't bad enough. And she looked at my wife and said, he still doesn't know what it means to be a good provider. Oh, man. And I was like, I was pissed. Yeah, I, Like sure. that, it hurt. And I and I was really pissed because, um, it, well, it I didn't really recognize this so much at the time. All I knew, he, so here's what it resembled for me at the time. My whole life, my mother told me no about everything. It didn't matter what I wanted to do; she told me no, and it ended up getting like I had to sneak in order, like if I was going to do anything, I, I had to like I had to hide it from her. And that was another representation of her telling me no. So it just made me furious inside. Later on, I found out, no, she's literally trying to keep you down. Like, that's all she ever did because she could not deal with the, her kids growing up, uh, you know. Yeah, wanted, her, to keep you, wanted to keep oh. you a baby your whole life just to be able, you know, she and don't it, outgrow your parents, she right? She did don't. it all the way till the day she died. Wow. And even after. Like, there were things that I found out after that she had strategically put in place for me to find out after that was just very, very hurtful. That's why I love that you've been able to, with your own kids, just let them fly. Like whatever they yeah. want to do, just as long as you're happy. And it's the same the, the way. That, that pisses people off too, believe it or oh, not. Oh yeah, for sure. There's oh. people in my life like, how could you let them go do this? Or, you know, you supported that. And I'm like, yeah, they have to find out on their own. I'm not here to run their life for them. They're adults. It keeps they need coming, to make decisions yeah. on their own. It keeps coming back to that experience piece. You got to live it. It's hard as a parent who's got two, you know, like teenage daughters who are, you know, nearing the adulthood phase I of their three. life. Yeah. So you get to this place where you almost want, you want to shield them. And I, this has been my work over the course of the last year because we have one in college and one who's in her last year of high school thinking to myself about, I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want them to experience pain. And then I need to stop where, first of all, there's that voice again. That's yeah. not my voice. That voice is coming from my mom or my dad, most likely my mom, and telling me that I have to listen to my intuition and say, look, they have to find their own way. Because if they don't, then they're never going to learn. They're never going to make mistakes. They're, they're never going to yeah, grow. They don't learn by not getting hurt. Right. I mean, nobody wants to see their kid in pain, but getting hurt is a great lesson. It is. I learned a lot by getting hurt, you yeah. know, a you know, hell you, of a lot. You touch the stove and you burn your hand. You're not going to do that again. You right. Know? You, like you always bring right. up the reference. But if of, somebody <laughs> just tells you no, you're constantly curious about that yes. fucking stove. Totally. Right? That's I true. mean, that's the way a kid it's, is. It's a hundred percent. It's just really, it's really interesting how, you know, we're, we're creating a culture where we, 
we we're doing all these things for our kids and That's not right. letting them go around and you know shoot out street lights with BB guns and be out until like eleven o'clock at night when your curfew was ten and getting ground like all these right. things. Our kids were we do so much for them and it'll be interesting to see how that translates for the next generation and the generation beyond. I don't know. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I liked about this episode is you talked about acknowledge the curiosity, which was the side of the intuition piece that really, you know, thrives. Um, you talked about how when it's practiced and encouraged at a young age, we come to find that true voice that lives inside of us and it guides our decisions of sorts. If it's stifled, more often than not through rejection, it tailors the behavior in a different direction. Um, if you weren't allowed to live in that curious place, speaking to the listener here, what can we do to tap into the, to knowing that we have years of patterns that are built up? So I guess I'm asking, you know, trying to figure out how do we reincite curiosity if we know that that voice in our head that's our mom or our dad or our grandparents tends to rule out and rule the day? Well, I think we have to admit that the voice is there to begin with, right? So awareness. It's, it's there. And then we have to acknowledge it. The problem is, is that when mom, dad, or grandpa's voice overthrows that voice. And I'm not saying listen to some crazy ass voice that overthrows the voice of reason, but even, even to that, like reason to what, what, you know, when you hear, when we started this, you talked about debt, right? Yeah. When we say debt is bad, right? Maybe to some people it is. What's the end goal, right? What are we using it for? Debt's neither good nor bad, it is good or bad depending on how we're using it or ignoring it in our life. Um, credit is a fantastic thing. It, it allows us to do so many things. And if you're going to pay your bill, you're being responsible. What's the problem with debt? You know, sure. um, if you have, you know, like I know that there's people that are on that are on the tube and stuff that talk about all debt and debt is never good. It's always bad. It costs you money. It doesn't make you money. That, that's only if you're doing things where other people, you know, are you getting paid interest, that type of thing. If you can take and leverage that money that you're borrowing from somebody and you're getting a couple of points on the money, but you can leverage it a hundred times, which is a skill. Like people, we teach people how to do that, right? If you know how to leverage the money, it's a great thing. How many companies, like w these huge companies that are out there, they didn't bootstrap. They got funding somewhere. Right. They got funding. That's debt. That's yeah. credit. They get people get a piece of the company back because of that. And the idea is that we hope that we make a thousand times more than a few points that we have to give back on the money. You know. So, so the question is, what are we considering and what is the end goal? If my goal is just to play it safe through life, then maybe the voice of reason needs to come in and say, don't buy the extra car. Don't buy the fishing boat. Don't don't take the extravagant vacation. Better stay in a in a medium hotel or a motel or something like that. Pack lunches. Go on a picnic. Maybe I need to live that way if my goal is to stay safe and certain through life. But if I want to have an expansive life, if I want to explore, if I want to see what I can accomplish, I need to take the rules off of that voice. And Never do anything that's going to hurt somebody else, but you need to do something that's going to stretch you to grow and see what is it you're capable of stepping into. Yes. You know, like 
What are your capabilities? We have the capabilities we have are insane. Like they're absolutely insane. And I like finding out what mine are. I have since I was a little kid. And it probably comes because my mother always told me no. Well, you know that I'm like that. Sure. If you tell me no, I'm gonna be like, fuck oh, God. you, I'm doing it. Yeah, anyway. we don't use the N-word around here. No. We do not say no around here because you're just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do like, it. Like that's just you have this rebellious. I can't stop streak. myself. It, well, and it's 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 a wonderful thing because it if actually I direct it the right way. Correct. Yeah. There's probably times when it's in, you know, misdirected. Oh, listen, there there are there are times times when I'll turn it, it, it becomes, it becomes self-destructive sure. if I don't. And it did, it, I would say that that was probably more true when I was younger than it is now. But if, if I, if it, if it hits me the wrong way, I can see my mind go down the self-destructive yeah. road. And I have to, I have to try to stop myself from doing not anything really bad, right. but maybe it's breaking my goal or, or, or going off my diet or doing yes. something that i I know better. I shouldn't be doing, but I'll do it just because I get that little vindictive yeah. twinge. Like, like fuck see, off, fuck off. Who's in charge? Right. Who's driving that, the bus here? <laughs> it's, that's it's true. That's my personality. Yeah. That's and I like that side of me because yeah. it keeps me. It keep. It, it's the part of. It's the part about. See, I was thinking about this over the weekend. Actually, I got well. well I had so we came off of AOSS. Correct. I was absolutely exhausted. I just took three days and just didn't really do a damn thing. I read a few books and stuff. But there was one point, <laughs> the first day that I was done, I was tired. I was really tired. And I was thinking to myself, what, what do I want to do? Like, I'm going to be home for three days. What do I want to do? And then I was fighting this thing. Well, do you have to do anything? You don't really have to do anything. Like the voice in my head, right? Sure. And I was thinking, nothing really seems appealing right now. So I started going down. I'm just sitting on the couch, letting my mind go down this rabbit hole. And I was thinking about how curious I was as a kid, how excited I would be for the next day, or we were going fishing, or we we're going camping, or it's Christmas. Like the excitement was exuberant. Like it was just nuts, you know? And I was thinking to myself, yeah, you know, it's really kind of cool if you can tap back into that. And I was thinking, a human being really needs to be careful as they get older because we can lose that so easily, yes. you know? Um, number one, you've had a lot more experiences. So part of the excitement was so much of the unknown, right? Well, even if we're doing something that we don't know, there's not this, there's not this like expansive unknown that you had when you were a kid. Like everything was, you know, everything was fresh and new. Everything was fresh and new. Yeah. And there really wasn't a voice in your head that was kind of knocking that down. So I was just kind of thinking it takes work on our part to keep something that exciting. You know, we have to put work into it, intention into it to do that because there are so many voices in our head that'll be like, don't do that. Don't get too excited. Don't, you know, you don't want to get disappointed. Um, this could turn out wrong. This could go bad. And especially today with like, with everything that we going on politically, yeah. we going on with COVID, the, 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 this very interesting place we are um, in history, I think that there's... I think people would love to be excited about something, but it's really hard for most people to even find anything. So they those voices on the inside, we got to be real cognizant of which one's speaking to us. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, you there's like sort of a stigma that goes along with you know I hear voices in my head. It's almost got this connotation of you crazy man, you crazy. But the reality is, is they're always there and they always will be there. It's just a matter of sort of sifting through the noise and hearing the voices that are the most profound that get you closer yeah. to your intuition. 
intuition. Oh yeah. Um, you know, fear, just to kind of wind this down, fear is so interesting to me. And you talked about in the episode how the subconscious mind can't tell if it's imagined or real. It just doesn't know the difference between the two. And like we've spoken about in this particular conversation, most often than not, it comes from our parents that have been projecting those fears onto us. Totally. So are there any specific fears that you inherited from your parents? I mean, clearly you probably don't carry them with you to this day, but is there anything in particular that your parents gave to you that you were like, oh my God, yeah, that's a fear. And I had to overcome it by doing this. Um, that's a good question. Fears that my parents gave me. Like for me, it was around debt. Like for me, it was around no. debt and talking to people. Like actually my mom has this really weird issue around sales, which was funny because when I first started in this company, I started in sales. Like she gets so worked up about having to sell anything that she would basically just fetal position. I think, so there was a brief period of time. So when I was a kid, I was a talker. Go figure, right? Yeah, so make right. a living talking. Sure. Um, but I was I was a chatterbox. I matter it, you know I was the class clown. I used to get in trouble in school all the time, and over a period of time, it everybody kind of gave me the, the 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 heads up enough. Like shut up, shut the fuck up already, right? You you talk way too much. So I started not talking, not not totally not talking, but I just was not myself. And then when I uh, uh, when I when I started to go down the entrepreneurial road, I realized that I was having a problem starting a conversation with somebody and carrying mm. a conversation. So I forced myself to overcome that fear. It was uncomfortable. I really don't have that many fears. I don't, I don't like heights. I don't sure. like, like being on the edge of something way up high. Um, I'm a bit claustrophobic. I think that came from two, I think it came one more one from going through the dam and I got locked in a, a really small compartment uh, in a, in an RV when I was a kid. I mean, mm. it, it just, I got stuck in there for, sure. for about an hour and it, it, it caused me to panic. So I can, I can get very claustrophobic. I don't like being in the back seat of a car, you know, um, like an SUV or something doesn't bother me, but like in a car, you know, I, right. I did when I was younger, it didn't bother me, but as I get older, that's, but outside of that, I really don't have, I don't have any fears yeah. that I, that I can think nothing of. that can't be overcome. Yeah, you totally no, no, overcome there's nothing, every single especially, one of them. There's, yeah, there's nothing. There's there. I don't have any fears where it's kind of like, and to do that, I'm gonna have to overcome this fear. I think that would be high, you know, like heights. Sure. Um, but here's the thing: it doesn't stop me. Right. Right. And like, I'll go to the top of a skyscraper, or I'll climb a mountain, or if I went hiking or something, like you know, I mean, yeah. that it doesn't. It, it'll it'll make me feel a little. Weird, yeah. You know, like we've been in some really, really tall buildings around. Well, the world. I was just thinking of the Shard in in London. The Shard, yeah. I mean, when you we go to the top the and you're sitting in the bathroom and you're you're basically standing on glass and you look down yeah, and yeah. there's a street. How many hundreds and hundreds of people? Oh, yeah. Like, I get a little vertigo, yeah. but it, but I don't get off of no. it. It's just like oh, like, but because yeah. I because I know. So I don't think that there's anything that's really probably the only thing that keeps me that that I will literally avoid is anything that makes me feel claustrophobic. Sure. That I will avoid because yeah. I just don't like the feeling. I mean, I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, you know, it's, it's almost panic attack. It, 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 well, yeah, yeah I mean, it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because you know you talk about how the subconscious mind cannot differentiate between what is real and what is you know what is imagined. I was watching. Uh, we're rewatching Game of Thrones right now in my house because I absolutely love that I series. Heard. And they're standing on top of the wall, and I I'm feeling like somebody's going to fall off, even though I know they're not going to fall yeah. off. They're hundreds of feet. I start to get this really weird feeling in my you know taint region uh -huh. and I'm like yeah, oh my yeah. but I'm not even there I'm firmly on the ground but my body 
which tells me that I have some height issues too, where I'm kind of worried of heights. But it's so funny because I feel that in my body when someone is standing close to the edge. That's why when we went to Glacier a couple years ago and people were taking selfies on cliffs, I'm like, I'm turning my back. I'm not watching because I do not want to be witness to someone falling off the edge of the earth. And you hear about it all the time. You do. You hear about it all the time. It's so crazy. And I, I did have to finish this up by, you know, when you were talking about when people would tell you you talk too much, my nickname was Motormouth as a kid. <laughs> and I, it, it made sense that I would want to sort of shut that part of myself yeah. down. I never did, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah, so, I, but that's a good, I never knew that about you. I mean, I knew you're a talker, but I never knew that that was such a big point of contention for people around you. It's so interesting what people deal with. So, all right, well, uh, this has been great. Um, I think I'll leave us with this. You talked at the end about board of directors and advisors. You got all these voices right. going on in your head. You just have to treat them like a board of directors, but inevitably you you need to listen to that voice that guides you. Yeah, you and the thing is, T, you have to, you have to, it's some degree follow it, or you're sure. not going to get to know it. You know, I mean, it's an intimacy that you're creating with these people that are in your mind. And the great thing is this: once you get to know them, it's not confusion anymore. You'd be like, oh, "That's my fucking mother coming up again," or, oh, you know, that is that's an you're, you're, uh, um, not a realistic fear for, for me to have. And then you do the you do the other thing. And also, I the one that I love the most is the one that really points me in the direction. Like when I get a hit that says, "Do this," like I'm telling you, it's almost never wrong. Hundred percent of the time, I love that. Well, that's great. Thanks for coming inside, David. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.